plant foods versus animal foods. Here we go. Raw liver. Raw liver. What is the species-appropriate human diet? It's just known botanical science. Probably the biggest point of contention. Actually, is a pro-oxidant. Pulling electrons from other molecules. Welcome to the video. Dr. Paul Saladino was on the Joe Rogan Experience. They went over a lot of stuff in the carnivore space. So right off the bat, when they start talking about the carnivore diet, they go into plant foods versus animal foods. Most plants are not edible but almost every animal is edible. Plants have been made out to be this benign nutritional source for humans and that they actually have defense molecules and that they're not necessarily as kind and friendly and benign as we would like to think. But most of them just have plant defense chemicals and that's not even conjecture. That's just known botanical science that broadly called phytoalexins that are meant to dissuade animals, insects, fungi from over-consuming them. Which is a lot of what the whole premise of the carnivore diet is. People who are on the carnivore diet have found value in going into the carnivore diet because it eliminates plant molecules that are triggering them. And a lot of people have autoimmune conditions, things like arthritis, skin conditions, acne, other things like that that are being affected by the molecules that plants deliver to the human body, which have a level of toxicity in our biology. And Paul does a really good job also of breaking down the whole idea of antioxidants versus pro-oxidants, which is also really well explained in his book from a biochemical perspective. It's not actually coming into our body and acting as an antioxidant. It's turning on our antioxidant defense system but it's also doing other negative things in the human body. Plants are not necessarily antioxidant in nature. They're actually pro-oxidant. Whether or not we'll find out in the near future, maybe in, in, the, in the next year or two through the data, whether or not that's beneficial is still to be determined. But what we do believe and what we're seeing is that there is stress on the body when you eat certain plant foods. And whether or not that stress is good stress, bad stress, Paul really argues his hypothesis is that these plant molecules are functioning as a pro-oxidant. They are essentially causing DNA damage. They're causing a stress within the body that then requires the body to trigger its own antioxidant pathways. The plant molecules themselves are not delivering an antioxidant. Their mechanism and how they affect us is actually affecting our ability in our bodies to produce antioxidants. I would argue the benefit is not worth the risk because you can get your NRF2 system turned on without those molecules because you can do environmental hormesis. Things like sauna, cold exposure, exercising, getting out in the sun. His argument, one of his big hypotheses is why would we want to take in these plant foods that have all these other molecules that are doing things in our body when we can get the glutathione production from the NRF2 pathway antioxidant triggering that we're seeing when we quote unquote claim that plants are antioxidative by not actually consuming the plant foods. Can we really say that plant molecules give us a net benefit? I don't think we can. And that's a lot of what I've learned through my personal experience on my health journey, how I'm feeling and, and how I've seen it affect other people in the carnivore space. If you've been following for some time, he mentions the importance of cultivating a nose to tail type diet. Well, there's a lot of interesting nutrients in liver that aren't rep well represented in the muscle meat. At some point along the way, we lost this ancestral knowledge that eating organs is so important. It's not enough to just eat muscle meat, which is what a lot of people in the space have said. You can just eat steaks and drink water and you're gonna be fine. We've seen in lab work, if you've seen my other videos where I did with Paul just recently with the upload, we talked about this, the actual homocysteine levels in your body with the lack of folate, the other things that can be affected by not consuming 
the organ meats that are nutrient dense and some of the vitamins and the collagen and minerals that we need that are stored in the animal's body in other places like the liver, the kidney, the heart, these organs where you get that. And so in the video, he mentions that and kind of promotes that as well as his company Heart and Soil, which is something that I'm a fan of and he goes through those processes. They briefly touched on ketosis, which for most of us is something we should want to be in for periods of time that activates longevity genes, allows us to burn fat, keeps us metabolically flexible, meaning we can operate from carbs or ketones, and it's healthy to do that, and it's probably cons uh, consistent with our ancestry as human beings, where we went through periods of time where we were fasting and we were eating maybe only protein and fat for the most part, especially in the winter. If you think about North America and other parts of the world, even near the equator, there are periods of time where it's hard to eat edible plants and get all the nutrients you need. And what you see in a supermarket is not reflective of the natural environment that we evolved in as a species. That's a that's a beneficial thing. I mean, I think that that, that intermittent cellular house cleaning is an ancestral pattern that we would do well to, to a spouse, to mirror. Later on in the conversation, they talk about how vegetarians or vegans will actually get drunk and then eat animal foods. Oh, 37, eating meat when drunk, and 34% of those admitted to slipping every time they're hammered. I don't know if it's true. It is kind of funny that, that that even came up. For me, they also talk about the science where they've done some neuroscanning where people, when they see meat, actually respond in their neurology, in their brain to a desire to consume it. The findings suggest that vegetarians' aversion toward non-vegetarian food prevails at the subjective level. And um, it's consistent with the personal beliefs. But at the neural level, the intrinsic motivational salience of animal food remains. When you look at the actual anthropological look back into human physiology and how we evolved and, and really just looking outside in, in the world, in the natural world, and and thinking about what you could actually survive on in that environment. Animal foods provide everything we need. And in the natural world, there's really not a lot of plant foods you could survive on, let alone supplement to be completely plant-based. This was about a two and a half hour conversation. And once they got into the hour and a half area, hour and 30 minutes, they really started talking about saturated fat, LDL, cholesterol. You start to see this, this interesting set of data that points to the fact that maybe all these excess linoleic acid is driving our fat cells to get really big, but isn't allowing them to divide the way they're supposed to. All of us in the Western world, if we're eating excess vegetable oils, excess polyunsaturated fats, specifically linoleic acid, we are driving a signal to our adipocytes that winter is coming. For me, this is probably the biggest point of contention that I've seen for a lot of people when they're thinking about ketosis or they're thinking about a carnivore diet. They're, they're really concerned about their lipids, about their cholesterol being elevated. And I think this section in particular is really valuable to share with a lot of people in the space. So if you have loved ones, family, friends who are hesitant because of this whole thing, I have broken this down in my book and I, I spent a lot of time researching this because I personally had a ton of anxiety around this given that I've had three uncles all and my grandfather all pass from cardiovascular disease. But the, the quick synopsis is the lipid hypothesis, the idea that cholesterol is causal in heart disease is probably not true. Now, cholesterol definitely exists in individuals who have heart disease, but we don't think it's causing it. We actually think that inflammation, perhaps endotoxins passing through the gut barrier, leaky gut, 
getting into the biology, into the bloodstream, affecting our entire body is really what's going on. And Paul does a wonderful job of helping define that, which he's done on his podcast many times and worked with really experts who are studying this at a deep level like Dave Feldman over at The Cholesterol Code. And I would also point you to my friends, Nathan Owens and his partner, Nick, who run rootcausinghealth.com. They've done several talks on this with Low Carb Summit, and they have gone through quite a bit of the research to go through these different articles and discuss. It's a complex discussion and it's contextual in the sense that if your fasted triglycerides are low, your blood sugar is really good, your fasted insulin is low, you're, you're feeling healthy and you're feeling optimal, maybe having a lot of lipids in your bloodstream doesn't mean you're sick, but it just means that your body is operating from a level where it's delivering a lot of nutrients and it's healthy in that respect. They help define this further as they go through with epidemiology and understanding the difference between correlation not equaling causation. Very high level, they would say HDL's good, LDL's bad. In a concentration-dependent manner, LDL ends up in the arterial walls. I disagree with this. I think it's an incomplete hypothesis. And all the data we've seen around people who have historically been the meat eaters, bad boys, the rebels against kind of the conventional narrative that meat causes cancer, causes heart disease, all of this. Those same individuals were not eating or exercising the way that people who are super conscious of their health sort of took to that narrative and eliminated meat. So if you eliminated meat because in the 90s they told you it was causing heart disease and you started eating a really clean diet, even on maybe a plant-based diet with supplementation in lower levels of meat or fish, you probably holistically might have correlated as someone healthier than the guy who was going and getting cheeseburgers at Wendy's along with his fries and his Coca-Cola. That doesn't mean the burger meat in those cheeseburgers is the source of his heart disease. It just shows that we have a set of data and we haven't looked at the whole picture. When we're talking about the carnivore diet, when I promote it, I really encourage people to look at the quality of your meat, the way that you cook your meat, and also the things that go with your diet. It's not just eating the meat, it's getting rid of the bread, it's getting rid of the, the dairy, it's getting rid of all the quality of low crap meats out there and getting grass fed, avoiding the toxins in the grains that are fed to a lot of conventionally raised animals and things like polyunsaturated fats and soy that are fed in a lot of like poultry and pork so that you can optimize your fatty acid profile and you can really get a high quality source of food that we hypothesize in the carnivore community is very ancestrally consistent with optimal health. One last point he goes over, which I think is worth also sharing and bringing up for many, many reasons, because so many people bring this argument up around the carnivore diet is the idea of fiber and the fact that you need it to have a healthy bowel that you, you can't survive without fiber. There's a really fascinating study from 2012. It's an interventional study with fiber and they all had idiopathic constipation. One group, fiber as normal. One group, moderate fiber. One group, zero fiber. Which group did the best? Zero fiber. He actually breaks it down and the actual evidence points towards the idea that when you remove fiber, you have a remission, that people have a better experience within their digestive issues than when they add fiber. For a lot of people, the complete elimination of fiber in their diet's really helpful. It's a really amazing thing how many people say less gas, less bloating, even less mm. constipation when they remove fiber. I can personally attest, having been on the carnivore diet now for a couple of years, that when I introduce fiber, I have much more of a gut issue when it's plant-based. 
Now, there is also some, some sort of hypotheses around the idea that collagen can actually help you produce animal-based fiber. And I focus on grass-fed nose to tail because a lot of the meat is more, more connective tissue in the actual meat. The animals have a better composition of collagen within the meats, even the steaks, the, the roasts, the things that I actually eat. And that delivers an optimal level of collagen, which not only helps with me probably producing that animal-based fiber, but also with me balancing out my methionine-glycine ratio because of the glycine I'm getting from all that connective collagen tissue. So what's the takeaway here? Well, it's awesome to see Joe Rogan bringing on Dr. Saladino. It was a great episode to watch for a lot of people. I think Joe does a really excellent job interviewing people. Also, there's just a lot of funny comments in the video. So check it out. It's on his experience. It came out on Friday the 16th. And if you like this video and you are interested in learning more about the carnivore diet, I really focus on the practical aspects for the average person trying to keep it more simple. And there's a ton of information out here on the channel that you can go check out and dive into around everything from losing weight to boosting your testosterone to optimizing your hormones and getting rid of high histamine levels. We now have a book on the carnivore diet. We have a book on sleep that I just published and I just released our carnivore course. So if you're interested in learning how to do this diet and you wanna save a lot of time and pain, specifically digestive issues, and really just optimize a nose to tail carnivore diet, click the link in the, in the website description here below and I will link the course and you can check it out. It's been really popular and people are loving it and it's a lot of content delivered in a very similar format to this video here where I am talking into this camera and explaining exactly from A to Z what the diet is, why you would do it, how to do it, and then I break down phase by phase how to do it. So thank you for watching this video. I really appreciate you and all the support and I will see you on the next one. Hit that like button, subscribe, comment below, and we'll talk soon.